What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. Because this time we are back in movie territory. But before we get into the movie, I would just love to give out a resounding thank you to all the homies who came through for our 12-hour Twitch stream. That was fun, right? For everybody that was there, y'all had the best time. Yeah, isn't it crazy that secret that we dropped? Oh yeah, that like big secret that no yeah. one else knows about except the people that were there. That like life altering secret. And I actually heard from multiple people that as soon as we dropped it, their bank accounts went up 100%. It was nuts, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Bank accounts went up, skin cleared, mm-hmm. hydrated. Right, one um, of them won the lottery. That I think that one was just coincidence, but crazy. No, but I heard that, yeah. and it was during the stream that they did that. Another one got proposed to. They weren't even dating anybody. Just some <laughs> person came in and proposed to them, and I was like, "Damn, that's the power. That's the power of <laughs> of secrets, man. Mm-hmm. That you can only hear on the Homies of Horror <laughs> Twitch channel. Link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to win the lottery and get married, if you want to win the and get married and triple X your bank account, <laughs> then come through Monday nights and watch us play spooky games. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, it was so much fun. We enjoyed celebrating with you guys so much. It For a 12-hour long stream, it honestly flew by. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt, super tired by the end of it, but it really went by at a breezy pace. And I think, like... I, it could not have been any better, in my opinion, as far as enjoyment. I had such a great time, especially for my first long stream. Like, I don't know if you've ever done I haven't, anything to that length. Yeah, but. I mean, back in the in the old heydays of streaming all the time. Um, but 12 hours feels nice. 12 hours is like a decent amount of time. And it's like it's long, but it's not too, too long. And I feel like it works both for the people who are doing it and the viewer. Right. No, that that's totally fair. Um, but yeah, 12 hours kind of felt like a sweet spot. Like I said, super fun time. Had such a blast. But this is actually creating such a perfect segue. I didn't even I didn't even tee it up like this, but mm-hmm. I it is I'm about to hit a home run, I, I fear. Is that we are covering a movie today that we actually watched the trailer for during a stream. Yeah. Uh, we watched the trailer li- and reacted to it live. And I have not forgotten that trailer since we first watched it. Right. And when we were trying to pick a movie for this week, it just kind of burrowed itself out of the back of my brain. And it said, remember me? And I went, yeah, I do. I do remember you. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we looked it up just to be sure. And it is an independent film. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, why not cover Fear 2023? Right. I, I, know, I know a lot of you out here have been 
itching for us to cover this movie. You all of one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I <laughs> I also remember us watching this trailer and um there were a lot of feels, there were a lot of reactions in our in our chat and our community about how people felt about what this movie could be. And honestly, I thought that I was never gonna go back and watch this movie. Um right. but when you brought it up as a suggestion, I got painfully curious. And so I'm kind of glad that we did because there was a lot of things that happened and there's a lot that I do want to discuss and talk about. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. And that's all that needs to be said. Um, yeah, I I'm actually <laughs> I will just just to preface this, just to preface my thoughts. This movie to me is one instance where I actually will say I think this trailer did a disservice to the actual movie itself. Yeah, I agree. This is one time will I will when I will say that. I feel like I say the opposite a lot where the trailer was so good and then the movie was just okay. I feel like this is a a kind of reverse of that situation where I think the trailer put a very specific feel in my brain as to the quality of what this film was going to be. And I think it actually kind of dogs on the film a little bit in a way that it's not actually that way. Mm-hmm. It, it is to a certain degree, but it's, it's much better than the trailer for ma- for, for a good chunk of the movie. I felt that way. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was actually very surprised um, at first, I thought it was a fluke. Like when the movie started, I was like, huh, <laughs> this already looks a lot better than what I was expecting. But then mm-hmm. like, yeah, for a majority of the film, it, if nothing else, looks a lot better than how the trailer looks. Like, I feel like for yes. whatever reason, I don't know if something got lost in translation or or in the uh, in the Ethernet cable or whatnot. But like the, in the trailer, <laughs> the film does not look very pretty. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas when you're actually watching it shot surprisingly well and like it looks a lot better than what i was expecting i was expecting really like low low budget stuff here but they they clearly did have a budget for this film um not with just the imagery but also with the cast that they have like there there was some money behind this and i agree i feel like the trailer didn't really sell that um and it also sells the movie much more as a like scary spooky horror movie and less of a psychological thriller, which I think it more closely falls under, but we'll probably discuss that a little bit later as well. Yeah, definitely. And I also just want to give a quick shout out before we get into the film um, to, I mean, you'll talk about this again when we say who all is involved, Um, but the director of this, Dion Taylor, who uh, most notably directed Meet the Blacks, Mm-hmm. Um, from what I could see on his IMDb, he is also the founder of the production and distrib- distribution company for this, which is Hidden Empire Film Group. Mm-hmm. And I do just kind of want to give a little little kudos to him because I do feel like he champions like um, people of color mm-hmm. within a lot of the films that he does and seemingly within the company that he has. And I think that that's really cool. I think that that is very admirable. I just wanted to say that 
that whole thing I think is awesome. And I do wanted to just give props for that and being able to say, yes, I produced and distributed this movie that I not only directed and wrote and I do this with all of these films. I think that that's really cool. I just wanted to get that out there before I get into my thoughts <laughs> later on. Got to butter them up a little bit. <laughs> I, like to, I like to drip them in butter when it's deserved, you know? No, it's, that, no that's very, very <laughs> true. Like, you do love to see that, especially, mm-hmm. like, getting more representation on screen and then seeing, you know, more POCs in positions of power and positions to actually facilitate making their own films and doing their own productions and stuff. That is great. And we will always champion that stuff. Yeah. And not only that, but I do believe that he runs uh, the company as well with his wife. Yeah. Which is cool. I just think that that's cool. I'm like, love, love that. Love that for them. But before we get into the full breakdown of the film, we do have to talk about the scary scale. Mm -hmm. Fear. How much fear did it invoke in you, Roshane? With one being no fear at all, and five being, oh my God, I'm fearing, I'm fearful for my life. I'm going to put this one at a solid one and a half for me. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't too scared by this movie. Um, There were some parts that I could tell were played for scares, which may get some people. But for the mm-hmm. most part, I was pretty, I want to say pretty stoic through this one. Um, There was one particular instance of something happening that is actually a fear of mine, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, And so for that, I actually gave it the extra 0.5. But overall, not that scary for me. I'm going to say 1.5. Okay. I'm going to say a 1. Personally. I just it didn't it didn't have nothing 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 too fearful for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. None of the fears that are involved in the film are ones that particularly get under my skin, and it's not super jump scare heavy though it does attempt to be at times. Um, I I think that a lot of this movie is much more leveled out. It doesn't have a lot of peaks for me, like pe- peaks and valleys. I feel like it's all at a pretty constant kind of tone and pacing. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, I, I was kind of just chilling throughout the film. Yeah, I feel that. I feel yeah. it. But all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today we are talking about Fear from 2023. This film was directed by Dion Taylor and written by Dion Taylor alongside John Ferry and is starring Joseph Sakura as Rom, Andrew Batchelor as Benny, Annie Alonze as Bianca, Ruby Madoni as Serena, Ido Goldberg as Michael, Terrence Jenkins as Russ, Jessica Lane as Meg, Tyler Abron as Kim, and T.I. starring as Lou. After a rough few weeks, Rom and Bianca are excited to escape to the wilderness for a weekend getaway. What Bianca doesn't know is that Rom has arranged an entire birthday celebration for Bianca in a secluded rustic lodge, inviting all of their close friends to join in for the fun. But what Rom doesn't know is that this lodge has a dark history 
and the entire group is about to learn a very harsh lesson. Insert campfire confessionals, spooky spectral sightings, and that one friend that doesn't give a damn about COVID safety here. Our film concludes with Rom and company losing themselves after being locked in the lodge. Will they find their way to safety? Or will they learn the true meaning of the word fear? Also, Ricky! Roll credits. I like to imagine that Rom is short for Rommeld. It's probably not. <laughs> but that's what I kept thinking throughout the film. Why, why Rom Rommeld? Is that it? Cause like, cause Ron is short for Ronald. So Ron, oh Ron, okay, yeah. okay, I get you. I'm, I'm tracking now. Yeah, I was like, I know probably... for a fact I have never met a Ronald in my entire life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like there's so many other names. It could be like Romero, Romaine. I feel it like could be all these other ones, but I just naturally gravitate towards Ronald. I don't know. I feel like the way my man's was putting on the swagger in the car, I could see him as a Romello. <laughs> Romitius. Rom yeah. Romitius Rex. There's a <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, wherefore I thought Romeo. Oh my god, could it be Romeo? Like, Maybe it's for Romeo. Maybe it is short for Romeo. It probably is. It's uh, that's much that makes so much more sense. <laughs> like, yeah. Probably. I'm gonna I would rock with Romeo personally. But look, I, I only bring that up because I literally one of my first notes for this film actually was I love when white guys when white guys when they get with a sister and then all of a sudden they turn their brother voice on. So here's the thing. <laughs> have you ever watched Power? I have not watched Power. I haven't watched Power either, and that's the only thing that I know this actor is from. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I don't know what he sounds like. Like normally like. sounds like, that's fair. But look, here's what I'll say, is after writing that note, I did pause the film and I went and looked up some interviews with our boy okay. Joseph just to see, because I was like, let me not judge too quickly. Like, you know, maybe right. it's just a, a product of how he grew up. And now granted, you know, he's from Chicago, so he does got some roots there and whatnot. Um, and I don't think that what was happening in the car is too far off of his normal cadence or whatnot. However, I will say the swagger in his step or the swagger in his speech that is present in that car, I feel like very quickly dissipates the longer it's that you're not, in the movie. It's not through the whole movie. Rommeld become he goes from Rom to Rommeld, <laughs> I feel, as they get out of the car and post the um proposal gone wrong. He feels very different kind of swagger rise to me for the remainder of the film. Mm -hmm. He has some moments where he slips back into it. I think particularly when he's trying to be like charming to Bianca, yeah. he kind of slips back into it and he gets a little sexy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for <laughs> there's a part I want to be very clear when I say this because I do not think that he is a bad actor at all. I think he does a fine job in the film. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he plays the part the way that it is meant to be played. But there is a part later on when he's when he's gathering up 
all of the evidence that he found mm -hmm. and he's running around the lodge and there's a shot of him in the base. The last time we see him, he's just kind of hanging out. Next time we see him, he is down in the basement like a little hobgoblin. <laughs> he's sweating. His hair is like flying everywhere. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like going, getting all of the evidence <laughs> picked up and run. He's like running up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And just the way that it's shot, it just feels like such a far cry from who he was just moments ago in the just moments ago he i get whiplash at times with some of the characters in this film and i don't not in the way that i think i'm supposed to because it never feels like a gradual decline of their mental health it's like we will see them and they're fine and the next time we see them they are speaking in tongues sweating <laughs> covered sweat. in covered in blood and it's just such a jarring change yeah. in some of these people and it happens to almost every character too so that's why it's so noticeable yeah. but that's skipping ahead a little bit because we haven't even talked about roshane What's in your note? Was that your first? That was, that that was actually note? my first okay. note. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I will say my second note post post the uh, the brother sequence is right. um, in regards to Bianca's reaction when they reach their destination. Because we start mm -hmm. this film with Ram and Bianca on their way to a weekend getaway, um, supposedly to let off some steam after mm -hmm. what seems to be like a difficult couple of weeks for them. And so on the way there, Rom blindfolds Bianca. And once they arrive at the lodge, he, you know, walks her up and takes off the blindfold. And the first thing she says is, Rom, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in my notes, I wrote, is it though? <laughs> it's a little decrepit. It's a beautiful, it's, it's, there are elements of it that are pretty. I think what he, I think, I assume he set up the gazebo with the flowers and and all of that stuff that's in that little outdoor area is really pretty. And mm -hmm. then it feels like half of the lodge looks like it's been very well kept. And then the other half of the lodge looks like it is falling to ashes. Yes. Like, like, like the right side of it looks really nice, though. Yeah, it like it doesn't look completely like shit. Like I don't want to I won't I don't want that to be the idea here that it looks super awful. Like there mm -hmm. are definitely redeeming qualities to this lodge, but it was I think the combination of just the way it looks and the way that I feel like Bianca delivered that line <laughs> that really made me question whether or not she was super excited at what she saw once the blindfold right. came off. Right. Cuz it wasn't really like a Rom, it's beautiful. It was right. a Rom. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, and there's this whole thing where she is expecting him to propose, which he is trying to do. And then he chickens out, which we find out that this is the fourth time that that has happened. My guy. So it's just so funny, though, the way that it happens, because he blindfolds her and then he doesn't reach completely in his pocket. He has like his thumb hooked in his pocket. And so it's very obvious what he's about to do. He's obviously about to pull a ring box out. And he says mm -hmm. something to the, to the degree of, oh, I hope you love it, blah, blah, blah. And then has her take the blindfold off. And she does. And then he just 
stands there. And there's this really intense back and forth shot where it slowly zooms in on each of them, but it keeps cutting back and forth and they're just staring at each other. And she has that smile on her face. It's like, "Ah, are you going to? And then he's just looking back at her with his hand halfway in his pocket. No smile on his face. He's just staring at her like he's in a catatonic state. And it goes on for like a beat too long to the point where if I was Bianca, I would think something was wrong. With <laughs> like, are I, you okay? I would be worried just because it's a long time of silence. And then he says, I brought you here for your birthday. And then she gets bummed out because she realizes that he's not going to propose to her. But he did invite all of oh. their closest friends. Yeah. And what an eclectic group that we have here. <laughs> like it's i mean it does i guess at least in this beginning sequence it does seem like they're all very close um but i don't know if that same feeling transitions very well Mm -hmm. into the rest of the film because it feels like later on they feel more like acquaintances than like really good friends outside of like rom's trio with like him uh, like him, Michael, Russ, and um, and Lou. Well, and it's it's. I think the reason it feels that way is because there's a couple of characters where it's a little bit hard to pin who they are in the group, and I feel like those characters that you just named are the only people that we solidly get. We are able to put a definitive timeline on how long they've been friends or what their relationship is to each other. Benny, I have no idea who Benny is. Why is Benny there? (laughs) I have no idea who this man is. I don't know who he's friends with. I don't know what he's about. Benny feels like he just showed up at the wrong lodge, saw other black people and said, I guess I'll make a weekend of it. Like that's what Benny feels like (laughs) to me. And then there's the other girls who Kim and Serena, I don't, I also cannot necessarily figure out where they come in as far as the friend, friend group. But then we have Meg, who is dating Russ. Russ. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's how she's connected to them. But yeah, there's just a few people where I don't necessarily know what their relationship is and to everybody. I, I will say, to be fair, right? especially as you get older birthday parties do kind of become that where like at some point especially if you have a significant other it might become a bit of a mixture of like your friends and your partner's friends and so maybe not everybody will intermingle with each other but in this case it really did feel like this movie did kind of a reverse tropes thing where i feel like typically when you get the group in the cabin in the woods or i guess in this case a lodge a lot of times everyone will have their stereotype or or their role that they will fill right. um, where this group does honestly seem just like a collective of random normal people mm-hmm. who later on we find out all of their fears and that sort of becomes their overarching like character detail um, as opposed to like who they are as people. It's more just like, oh, what are they afraid of? OK, right. that person's attached to this fear slash scare then right and i think nobody feels more like that to me than serena 
Uh, mm-hmm. She feels the most, I am my fear and my fear is me. Out of all <laughs> of the characters, I feel like they didn't give her a ton to do. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't mind the friend group necessarily. Honestly, the one that just sticks out like a sore thumb to me is Benny, just because I, I have some issues with his character throughout the film, just in general. Um, yeah. I think in comparison to the other characters, his, to me, felt the most flip-floppy on his motivations. And I didn't quite understand. And I think a lot of that honestly does come because I don't know his relationship to people. So when he turns on people, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he won't want to turn on people. And he's mad at this person now. And now he's mad at this person. And now he wants to leave this person behind. But I don't know how he feels about any of these people. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how much like weight that is supposed to hold. It's one it's different when it's Rom and Lou because I understand the weight of their relationship. I understand why that's yeah. such a big deal. But like who is Benny to these people? But who is Benny to Lou? Because I'm like, okay, because Benny is ready to just Benny is ready to throw Lou out of a window the minute Lou coughs. <laughs> Benny's like, this bitch is going to kill us. <laughs> and then the minute everybody else gets on his side, now he doesn't want to hurt Lou anymore. So that's where I get a little a little tripped up. Also, for some reason, T.I.'s introduction kind of pissed me off. I think it's because they made it such a big deal. Everybody else comes outside to mm-hmm. greet Bianca and then they go inside and Tia Ti is posted up in the lobby and he's like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, what are you why are you just standing in the lobby by yourself, <laughs> you weirdo? Well, <laughs> clearly because he knows he has a little bit of a cough, so he doesn't want to yeah. go out and make a scene. <laughs> so he's just being cautious around the rest of his friends. There's nothing to do with the fact that Ti has found his way into this movie, which really quickly, two things. One, I agree with your assessment of Benny. I do think Benny's character on paper flip-flops a lot, which makes him kind of hard to track in terms of motivation. Mm -hmm. However, I will say, you know, seeing Andrew Batchelor, AKA Mr. King Batch in this film, I I went in a little bit skeptical of like the performance that we were gonna get. And despite the the weirdness with his character on paper, I actually think he played the role very well. Like, I think he I did everything that he was supposed to do. Um, and in equal part, I felt that very much about T.I. as Lou as well. Yeah. Where I don't really know, like, I knew T.I. was in the film. I didn't really know what to expect from him. But he gave me everything I needed for the character of Luke. Yeah, I mean, he's basically playing his character from ATL, but in a mm-hmm. horror scenario. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Ti is good in this film. Like he he is he plays Lou. I think exactly the way that Lou is meant to be played. I actually like his line delivery on a mm-hmm. handful of lines. I'm like, I actually like the way that he chose to deliver that. I I think that's that was good. You want you want to what's kind of funny though. Is last like last episode we were talking about like tropes and stuff and like things that we'd like to not see or see more of. Yeah. And seeing Ti in this film almost made me kind of want a resurgence of the hip hop slash rappers in horror movies again. Yeah. And here's my reasoning: is I really feel like the reason why every time we watch these movies with them in there, we're always pleasantly surprised at their performance 
is I don't think they're held back by the same things that certain actors are held back by. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they really do just keep it real on screen. Yeah. They're like, what are my character? What's my character? What are my lines? What am I supposed to be doing? And they just do that. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. really, like, added on top of it. And for whatever reason, that honestly comes across as very natural on screen. Right. So it makes their characters actually pretty believable for the most part. I think, though, it's because there's an element to it where in a lot of those films where rappers were hired, I think that they were hired specifically because them, their persona or who they are like fits the character that mm. they wrote. And it's like Snoop Dogg being pulled into Bones. It's like Bones is Snoop Dogg. And so yeah. you're, you're expecting that to a certain degree and you're almost excited to just see them almost be themselves, but within this weird reality. And so mm-hmm. I feel like there's just a certain element to rappers in acting roles that's just a little bit different than a singer in an acting role. Uh, because rappers just I think come with a little bit of that feeling of I want to see you almost just be yourself um Mm -hmm. and that's fair I feel like that's what like I said I that is a lot of DI in this film (laughs) I mean there is a little bit more there's some different things to him in this um I will come on record with saying I think for the most part everybody holds their own in this movie and like fits the character and does what needs to be done. Terrence J to me was a little shaky. He was was a little shaky for me personally. Okay. I just didn't believe. (laughs) I just just didn't believe him him sometimes. I think out of everyone, he was the hardest one for me to separate it was hard because i could not separate him from himself but he wasn't doing because he it was like he wasn't doing enough to be the character Mm -hmm. but then at the same time it was like but he also wasn't doing enough to just be himself and so i feel like he it was a weird middle ground where i just felt compared to everybody else i had a little bit of a hard time remembering his character or feeling like he was conveying the emotions that he was trying to get across, particularly later on after he gets stabbed and all of that stuff is happening to him. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Really? Okay. I didn't see, I didn't really mind him that much. And I feel like that stuff later on for me, at least was more like scripting and like story Mm -hmm. stuff where I'm just like, he was trying to sell some hard ideas towards (laughs) the end there. And he was getting put into some sequences that were very much out of the blue. This Mm -hmm. is now just happening to you, my guy. And you got to make us believe this. And I feel like even an Oscar winner in those (laughs) scenarios would have been a little bit hard to believe uh, was seeing something up on that on that uh, ceiling. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. He didn't bug me too, too much. I feel like if anyone stood out to me, it, it was probably Kim. But that wasn't really because of her performance it's more that she just didn't really have anything to do my favorite thing though is that kim just survives by pure <laughs> just 
I'm gone. I gotta go. <laughs> I have a kid. I gotta go. And it it's giving the lady in the mist who's like, won't anyone walk a lady home? Like that's what Kim is. <laughs> Kim is yeah, the black no. version of of that. <laughs> True. Agreed. Agreed. Um, because yeah, Kim basically bows out of this situation, and we find out later that because she left the lodge, she survives. She's fine. E- even <laughs> though the whole thing is they're afraid to leave the lodge. So basically, this movie to me was different than I expected, which I kind of liked. I kind of was, I definitely wasn't expecting this whole COVID plot, subplot. I I mean, the- That that was like my third note (laughs) was like, could you tell that this film was written during COVID? Like my third (laughs) note was COVID. I said COVID cameo because there's a mask hanging from their mirror in the car. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, a little COVID cameo. Little did I know COVID was a guest star. It was a, it was a, (laughs) it was a co-star because. Might as well have been on the IMDb at this point. Starring COVID-19 as the (laughs) virus because. As themselves. It, um, it's a huge element to this film about something that they use to plague each character and like play up their fear, which I kind of liked in a way. It was unexpected. I do think that it became a little bit too much of the yeah. main forefront. I wish that it wasn't so much of the issue at hand at times. I also got a little bit confused because this, so this film was made in 2020. They did film this during COVID. And so mm-hmm. it makes sense on why that is such a big aspect of the film because I like, you know, fear that was a huge time of fear in in everybody's lives but then later on in the movie um bianca opens the book where like the guest book and it says may 11 2023 is when Mm -hmm. they when they checked in and so that just kind of tripped me up a little bit because i then i was thinking oh okay so this is actually more of a modernized like almost parallel universe where covid the kind of lockdown and regulations on covid lasted much longer because they Mm -hmm. they even say they're like oh we've been locked like we've had to kind of like be distancing and stuff for months and now we're finally getting to hang out like the way that they're acting it feels very 2020 and that like right. oh my god we're afraid to get together and it's we haven't seen each other in so long and like we all have to make sure that we test two weeks prior and this is like that to me felt very much like we're right in the thick of it and that's not to say mm-hmm. that that's not still happening and people still aren't taking those precautions but the way that they were handling things it felt very much like like we still don't know like there's no vaccines there's no nothing we still don't know how to handle covid like that's the way that they were talking about it right then you don't think that there's any chance at all that the 2023 was a pickup shot absolutely it was absolutely (laughs) absolutely that shit was digitally altered as the date however i just thought it was an interesting choice because yeah, it's just 2023, and I feel like they did that specifically because the movie came out in 2023. Right. But I feel like it works better if it did if take place it 2020. in 2020 because then I'm like, okay, I, if you say 2023, I'm going to assume that you're going off of the timeline of reality as well. Mm-hmm. And if that news flash happened now in 2023, I think everybody would be like, what? 
What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's actually kind of crazy, like how poorly that specific plot point kind of aged because of that 2023 edition in there. Yeah, because it, it truly is like, yeah, three years ago, that fear and everything that they're trying to do definitely plays a lot better because I do think that we were at that level of fear and like there was that level of concern. So it's like, I, I'm not bashing it at all for having that in there. But yeah, you are right where it feels a lot different now, even just three years prior to everything that's happened for these characters to be so like so scared and so frightened of this idea where nowadays like the people still wearing masks are kind of a minority at this point. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, it just didn't age very well, which is surprising because I feel like something as big as COVID would. Right. Um, but I also think that part of that is because of how much of this story that the COVID stuff takes up because it is a lot. And it's like, it's very much in your face. It's not like a subtle, like, characters will wear and take off a mask occasionally is very much like we're talking about covid right now and now they never call it covid so i guess they are trying to play this idea of it's just we're mirroring what happened in real life but we're in a movie version of it mm -hmm. so maybe that was the idea but by everything you're doing i'm going to put that as what it is naturally yeah. i'm just going to be like okay this is what they're doing um but yeah, it, it becomes a a huge back plot that they use to aid in the fears, which works actually very well for me in some regards, because I think particularly with um, Lou's character, I think the way that him having that cough and then him getting sicker and sicker as time goes on. And then that being kind of this idea that, oh, now, because there's a fake news flash that basically is a hallucination for that all of them have that says now the virus is completely airborne. It kills you within minutes or hours, it yeah. says. Kills you within hours. Is completely contagious. As soon as it's in the air, you will be infected and um, like, do not leave anywhere. There's a mist outside that as soon as you breathe it in, you're, you're done. Don't interact with anybody. Don't go outside. It can cause hallucinations, blah, 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 blah. It says all this stuff on the news and they believe it right mm -hmm. away because they're all hallucinating. Um, and then Lou's biggest fear is that the people that he loves won't trust him. And everybody starts to distrust him despite him saying like, hey, I took a negative test. I'm, I felt fine when before I got here, like I wasn't sick. I would never put you guys in danger and all that stuff. Nobody believes him. Nobody believes yeah. that that's true. I'll be fair. I also didn't believe him. I, I, I got to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I do. It's hard because I really like what they do with Lou, but I do think that there is, and I, maybe it's meant to be a little bit up for interpretation. There is an element of me that was, that also thought, oh, okay, shit, he he came in is infected. But then another part of me thought, or is that just the house perpetuating like making it worse, a, a cough that he had that really wasn't COVID. Maybe it's like in the house is making him appear and feel sicker than he actually is to then make this fear come to life. I like, mean, kind of, 
but like we do see that he is getting sicker as like as far as the hallucinations go this one is a direct like this man is visibly getting sicker um and whether or not he had covid that that part i i i don't know or whatever the virus was yeah that that's not what i didn't believe it was more just like for instance his interaction with michael when he comes to like ask him like hey dude are you okay it's one of those things where it's just like even if you don't have covid even if you got a negative test but you are in that room hacking up your right lung Mm-hmm. downing half a bottle of NyQuil or DayQuil or whatever just to function, at some point, you gotta say, yeah, I might be a little sick. Like, right. you know what I mean? There, He was so adamant about, like, I ain't sick. I would never come being contagious as hell. <coughs> but I ain't sick. Like, right. It's like, come on, bro. But I think he was just offended because Michael is not his friend. I think he was more offended that it was Michael that was saying, like, accusing him of it than anything mm-hmm. else. Because I feel like when Rom comes up to talk to him, it's not that big of a deal. But also, I think... But he's also much sicker when right. Rom comes to come but see the, him. But the only reason that I do think that it... I, I almost wonder if it was legitimately just allergies. Because even when Michael goes to talk to him, he still looks fine to me like yeah he's still coughing but he doesn't look bad until the next day when everything is worse but as the movie progresses we see that happen to a lot of the characters as they start to believe that they're sick they mm-hmm. have physical reactions even though that's not really hap- like not really happening and not really mm-hmm. how they feel it's like serena she gets that rash and she starts itching but that rash isn't really there that's fair. It's what that they fair. see and that's the only reason that i think that that's what's happening with lou is that i think it's just physically manifesting and showing us that and i do think it's making him feel sick but i think that that m- could possibly be the influence of everything else that's because, you know that's kind of fair and yeah. i'll even admit too that there's a little a little bit of projection on my part because i've definitely been at many social gather- gatherings over the past three years with that person who is very clearly sick mm-hmm. that shouldn't be there but is like oh no i'm fine so yeah i'm yeah. a little bit of uh, butt hurt in that regard anyway mm-hmm. um so maybe i'm taking a little bit of that out on ti and i do apologize but <laughs> my man's was looking a little grody in that room i'm gonna I'm stand by that he was hacking but you know what i will say there was that moment in time where i remember anytime i felt the urge to cough the way i would suck that shit down and be fighting <laughs> for my life even you know when you would just get a tickle in your throat and you would just be mm-hmm. holding it and then you feel those tears start welling but you'd be in a room full of people and you'd be like it's not me and you would be like trying so hard but yeah needless to say lou definitely is something's going on he got something's going he on got man. something in that throat from the yeah. minute he arrives but let's talk about the fears that everybody has because I will also say, oh, I think they went right with some of these fears. And then I think other ones were strange choices. Um, mm-hmm. So Lou's fear, at first when he said it, I thought, man, this is silly. I just didn't know how that was going to be shown. But I actually think that his whole arc with that is one of my favorite manifestations of the fear within the film because i think his is the most realized and his is the most like complete manipulation and 
I think the way that others treat him is a great example of like the decline of their friendship and like the decline of their loyalty as a result of what's happening. I feel like that was a great example of that because every all of the people that he loves ends up end up turning on him besides Rom. But he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that Rom is still on his side. Um, And then Benny, once again, I understand why they felt the, the, the want to include police brutality. But it didn't work, I don't no, think, visually. <laughs> it just... It, yeah. The thing is, like, it's not a bad choice as a fear. It is a palpable fear. And it makes sense that it would be included in this list. However, when you know that you're going to have to portray all of these fears at some point within the confines of this lodge, mm-hmm. maybe the police one is not the best choice. Just because, like... There are no cops here. <laughs> like, right. And even when we do get to his portion where we see his fear manifest, it's just a hallucination. Like that, like there was no there was really nowhere to go with his fear unless you were going to actually introduce some kind of cop character, which we never do do. Um, and I feel like that just makes it kind of a waste in that in that way, because it just felt like. Even when we got to his hallucination sequence, it felt like it was in there because they knew they had to put it in there, not because yes. it like organically fit. Yes, I it just it's his is one of those one of those fears, potentially the only fear I think that is completely from an outside source that cannot easily be replicated within the house. Yeah, because it's like okay, I'm you know like fuck the police, whatever. But okay, so what are we supposed to do with that? Because we can't bring a police officer in. What are you gonna hallucinate just some random police officer inside the house and think that that's real? So that was a tricky one. And mm-hmm. like I said, I get it, but I don't think it fit within the confines of this film. Yeah. Um, Bianca's makes sense. I, she has her whole asthma thing, and I think that that was valid for the virus and all that, like the fear that manifested from Mm -hmm. that. I thought that one worked well. Well, also the loss of religion and stuff too. I mean, even as a non-religious person, I still recognize that for people that is a fear. So y'all were very optimistic with trying to do two fears in one with that character. But, you know, I still recognize that the religion one is uh, a palpable fear. I think especially in like black communities too. Um, I see that a lot. Definitely, but they could have picked a struggle for her um, and made me focused on... I, I honestly think they could have focused on the religion because she has asthma. I don't think we needed to know that she was scared of losing her breath or whatever. I feel like that could have just been a little bit more of a back background mm-hmm. thing where she just you know would, would get get short of breath and have to deal with it. I don't think we needed to hear her say that because yeah. like, I, I get it. <laughs> um, we assume. We had assumed when you had <laughs> needed the inhaler that you were... Sc- I assume... Dude, everybody... Now I think about it, that's everybody's fear. Nobody wants to not be able to breathe. You're not <laughs> special, Bianca, because you want to breathe. So yeah, it like, didn't even need to be said. It's like, obviously. <laughs> um, Meg is a fear of drowning, which mm-hmm. I get okay. it. Fair. I, I rock with that. I rock with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ, a fear of blood. Fear of blood. I mean, yeah, but this is another one where I don't think the execution of it was 
right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what's crazy to me is like, it's hard to get that one wrong in a horror film, I feel like. Um, But somehow we managed to do it here, or at least like it wasn't very effective um, to the point where I kind of forgot that that was his fear um, when it came his time. I think the thing that was off about it is when he said fear of blood. That's another one that's kind of like, okay, yeah, Bianca, we get it. You want to breathe. Where with Russ, it's like, yeah, of course you don't want to be stabbed. I feel like the focus was that he was that it was like, no blood, but like you've been stabbed. I don't think that that's the concern. I think the pain is more important. I thought that he would that maybe he would be the one to walk in and watch someone die and see like a bunch of blood and it would freak freak him out. out. I feel like it would have been more effective for him to see blood on one of his loved ones or Mm -hmm. see them bleeding to death and then react to that rather than him be the one bleeding. Cause I'm like in the grand scheme of things, the blood is not important. At least not the fear of the blood. The fear is I've been stabbed. Mm -hmm. Help me, (laughs) help me not die. So his was a little bit of a miss, but I understood the fear. I just, the way it happened was strange. Um, Michael claustrophobia. It's, you know, normal. I take that one. And actually that one was handled when they did uh, mess with the, like the rooms and like having the hallways move and everything. I actually like the claustrophobia mm-hmm. bit. So I feel like that fear was successful for me. Yeah, Michael's sequences were some of the coolest, in my opinion. Like, the where he was going around in circles and passing the same room over and over again. Mm-hmm. Those were really cool. And I agree, yeah, the, the effect of the hallway closing around him was also very cool. However, his actual death was weird. Yeah. I mean, you do these cool effects prior in the film where there's room walls are closing around him. And then when he's actually claustrophobic... You pull him into this Sin City void where <laughs> we can't even see what's God, happening. I hated the void. I'm going to be yeah. on record right now and just say the void, not my favorite. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the void because what? what's going on? Um, Serena is loss of control. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which she, she told that story and she's like i got hit by a car and the only thing that didn't break was my necklace which means she broke every bone <laughs> in her body and i'm thinking oh girl i get it like you're afraid of that pain again and she said i i'm afraid of losing control <laughs> what? i thought yeah i thought it was gonna be something with driving fear of cars yeah. machinery no i must be in control yeah she was like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, I heard that Miss Yellett song, <laughs> Lose Control, one time. And I was like, I don't like that. I, I don't ever want to feel that way. And I said, <laughs> music can't make me lose control. I refuse. But I'm like, as okay. As long as I have this necklace. As long as I have the necklace. I was just, that's another thing. I, I was thinking maybe it was a necklace that, I don't know, maybe like her was passed down through generations or like her mom gave it to her or even that if it was like one of those things where maybe her mom had gotten like sick 
and died. And she was like, I couldn't control that. Like I couldn't help my mom. And this is the only thing I have to remember her. And now I never want to lose control because the fact that she got hit by a car and broke every bone in her body has nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> that never comes back. It doesn't even come back on her hallucinations. Nope. It's just lose control. Um, and then Kimmy is scared that she can't provide for her son, which, like we said, is also the reason that she survives is because she is so worried about her son. Yeah. Um, so good for her. That was a good fear to yeah. have because it kept you yeah. alive. Yeah. Shout out to Kimmy. Being a good um, mom. We see you. We appreciate you. Very good you. mom. You deserve to survive. We love that for you. And oh, and then um, Rom's is to lose Bianca, which we never really get confirmation if that's true or not because he's the only person who we don't see his fears manifest, manifest. In some, yeah, yeah in some way that's true um i will say one of my fears and it does like i said earlier pop up in this film is like i have a fear um and this is from far when i was younger but mm -hmm. um bugs when you're sleeping like crawling in your mouth oh. or your ears or whatnot mm -hmm. that is to this day still a fear of mine and like it still bothers me at night I'm just like, eh, I don't want any creepy crawlers getting inside my ears or whatnot. Yeah. So when that spider went to her mouth, I shivered a little bit. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Gave you the creeps a little bit. Mm -hmm. it, is, it was kind of gross. But that, so there's a lot of imagery in this film that does not mean much in the grand scheme of things. Especially yeah. the Bianca's vision of the child running around and laughing. And she sees the, because her being pregnant isn't. Uh, anything connected. with a fear yeah or, it's like, not connected to her fear it's just something she hasn't told anyone about yet i, I really feel like we could have dropped the pregnancy subplot entirely it, it in the grand scheme of things to me didn't add anything because we had did we really need the pregnancy and the proposal <laughs> that was too many things it's one or the other oh she's pregnant and he can't propose like, I just think there was so much going on in their relationship. And there was, there, a was lot. Uh, there was they he's so focused on writing his book. He brought her to a place that he knew was haunted. He can't propose to her. She's pregnant. She <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't told him yet. Mm -hmm. She's feeling dis uh, like valued in their relationships. He feels like he's not he doesn't listen to her like. There's just too many things happening in their relationship. None of it get, gets resolved. He nope. doesn't. She doesn't even find out that he was going to propose. That never, <laughs> ever gets comes back around. And he just dies. And and that whole death sequence, I unfortunately did laugh because it just <laughs> it the way that the the pacing of it is just so perfectly. It's just one of those perfect deaths where he's able to say everything he needs to say, and then passes out yeah <laughs> so <laughs> and then good. just rolls back and passes out and he's like bianca don't ever lose your faith and then he just like <laughs> and then he just drops dead i mean also <laughs> in the reveal of the pregnancy too that i'm pregnant has got to be one of the most soap opera deliveries of a yeah. i'm pregnant i've heard in a long time there's there's a lot of drama in this film very dramatic moments that feel very soap opera-esque and i kind of love them i kind of love the <laughs> the dramatics there, of it all there is like a bit of a charm where i'm like this first watch through i was like oh my god but i feel mm -hmm. like if i were to watch it multiple times i'd kind of be looking forward to those moments because yeah. like the, i'm pregnant i will check for that line every <laughs> single time <laughs> 
I'm pregnant. Well, and another part that was funny to me was when Kim is comes out and she she like comes out of the shadows with her suitcase and she goes, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and everyone tries to get her to stay. And then she has this whole heart to heart with Bianca where she basically says, you know, you would do it too for your kid or whatever. And this is Kim doesn't know she's pregnant, but she says, You would do this too. And Bianca's like, Oh, and then Kim goes to leave everybody has accepted this everybody says okay whatever and so not whatever but they're just like okay we get it she goes to leave and then bianca goes wait we have to stop her and i just love how rom goes bianca we can't it's a death sentence out there and i'm like oh so you let (laughs) her her so you you let her walk because they they keep saying like oh she might make it she might make it and as soon as she's out of the room as soon as she's out of the room rom's basically like that bitch is about to die she She big (laughs) dead he's about to die but bianca baby not you like i can't let it happen to you um but some of those like lines it's just so it's so funny hey guys Kimmy, what are you doing? I'm, I'm leaving. You can't go now. Listen, I have space in the back. If anyone wants to come and join me. Fuck. Have you seen the news? No mask is gonna protect you from that. The air is contaminated. People are dying outside, Kimmy. My son is at home with his babysitter. I, I can't even get through to her. I have to be at home with my son. They said you can't go outside. Any, many people. If she wants to go, let her go. She's got a kid at home. Michael. She's got a kid at home. You cannot go out there like that. What choice do I have? It's not safe. You don't know what you're up against. Just that's my son. And you would do the exact same thing. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I love you. I love you all. Just be safe. You're just gonna let her go. Maybe she has a kid, baby. Come on. No, we we can't just let her go. We have to let her go. B, it's poison out there. You can't risk it. There is like, I have so many faults with this movie, but like some of the faults just bring me a weird sense of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the little things. Like for instance, when they are getting Lou down into the basement and they're prepping. Um, to deal with this now sick member of their group who has this unknown virus. And so all the boys who are going to go get him all get bandanas to mask up so that they can stay COVID safe or whatever. Right. Except nobody wears the mask at, until they are all the way down in the basement. They go through the entirety Entire of the lodge house. with Lou right there coughing and yakking in their faces <laughs> Never it's once do they pull up the bandana. So, dude, it's so funny because, yeah, they they knock on Lou's door because they decide rather than just let Lou be contained to his room, which Lou has been doing. Lou has True. not. He's quarantined himself. He has not left his room. But they decide rather than just let him stay in his room, they would rather walk him up and down and through the lodge, through every corridor of this lodge to take him to the basement to lock him in the basement because there's no ventilation system in the basement. It won't spread through the hotel. But bitch, it's going to spread when he's walking <laughs> through every hallway, coughing the entire way. And did they not say it's highly contagious in the air? And yeah, they're basically as like 
walking down with him like when boy scouts assist an elderly person across <laughs> the, like they're basically have their hands on his back like okay a little bit further and yeah lou's coughing the whole way they get down to the basement and right before they push him in through the door they all look at each other and nod and pull their bandanas up it's, it's go time baby <laughs> they go full power ranger on that shit oh like yo dude, it's a mess it's a mess <laughs> It is a hot mess, it dude. Is a whole and mess. Th that's the thing is like a lot of this film, respectfully, is a hot mess. And some of it is is, is on the bad side, but again, some of it is kind of endearing. Where I'm yeah. just like, that was so silly. I I can't even be mad at it because it was that silly. It is so. And like, why does Rom keep getting nosebleeds? <laughs> it's so funny because. He gets a nosebleed and Bianca reacts as if his eyeball just popped out. He, she's <laughs> like, oh, my God. And anytime that happens in a scary movie, it's just so funny to me because, like, I get nosebleeds all the time. And mm -hmm. it, every time I get one, it's just like, oh, shit. But in a horror movie, it always spells disaster. Like, that means mm -hmm. something real bad's about to happen. He gets a couple nosebleeds in this movie. No idea why. Um, also, I love Miss Winrich. Our little, oh, yeah. our little portal witch who, <laughs> so Miss Winrich checks them in and she's like, I want to take a picture of you guys. And she's just weird. She's these just straight up textbook. I am a bad, I'm a bad girl. Like I'm just a witch. <laughs> I'm just a little witchy witch. Like she is just textbook that like as soon as you see her, you're like, oh, this is nefarious. Um, mm. But it's just, she gives them this shit wine that they have to drink. And that's what starts the ritual, which I will say. So I guess it doesn't matter if you drink the wine, if you drink the wine, because Bianca didn't drink the wine. Didn't drink it, yeah. Because she's pregnant. And so she she acts like she drinks it, but she doesn't. Yeah. And she does. I mean, she eats the spider, though, so maybe that counts. That wasn't even Bianca. That was Kim. Oh, that was Kim? I'll take it back. I don't know why she was seeing, <laughs> why she was seeing shit. That's because I just thought that that was such a specific thing. Because I'm like, well, what if you have a whole family of people who don't drink? Or a whole family of people who, it's like, they all, they have eight kids. And then it's just the two adults. And so, like, relying on this wine to be the, the seal of the kiss of death in this ceremony is... A risky decision because they also do say they have a full bar they don't even have to drink the wine yeah <laughs> that's a decision that miss winrich leaves up to them she says here here's a welcome wine and then she leaves just on the assumption <laughs> that they in fact are wine lovers and would like this old dusty crusty bottle of wine yeah like the main if you haven't watched the film you just listen to us rant about it um, the main like conflict here is like that ritual starts and then mm -hmm. everybody's just hallucinating their fears basically to the point where they will off themselves or some, some force will come finish the job if they don't do it to themselves. Yeah. And so that's all fine and dandy. The thing that was like strange to me, or I guess maybe just off putting is like, we save a lot of that for like the last. 15 minutes mm -hmm. we're like i feel like something in the pacing was weird because a lot of it felt really like slow and meandery 
And then right there at the end in that last like 20 minutes, it's like, all right, everybody's still alive and we have all these fears that we got to get through. So it's very much just a sequence of here's this character by themselves. Time for them to go into the void. Now they're dead. Here's this character by themselves. Time for them to go into the void. Now they're dead. And just repeat that process until there is only Bianca left. I think the biggest issue this film has is it's having a little bit of an identity crisis. And it's trying Mm -hmm. to be multiple things at once. And not focusing on the thing that it should be the best at, which is the fear, the realization of these fears. Because I think that's another reason why Lou feels like the strongest sequence to me is because his to me is the only one that I feel like is strictly based in the fear and the hallucination and the paranoia that this movie I feel like promised me it would be and after him every single person's thing becomes a whole different idea than what we set up because I am to believe that they will just be driven mad by their fears and Mm -hmm. it will kill them. Eventually it will kill them. And then we don't get, because the next person to die is Meg and she just gets killed right away. We don't even get to see her get played with or toyed with a little bit. She's the first person who has a flashback and like remembers why she's scared and then it happens in real life she also has a reflection moment which that is just straight out of seventeen thousand other horror movies that never happens ever again this never occurs also after she dies she pops out of the water as a different person as like a witch but that also never happens again <laughs> it's and like doesn't get used for anything either it's no. just strictly jump scare or strictly attempted jump, jump scare. scare and um then by the time that we get to russ this is when we get into the void and it doesn't make sense because it's our first two deaths had nothing to do with this and now from this moment on when people get pulled into their fear they will literally get pulled into their minds and then it will be realized in their minds and then there's like a goopy black tentacle lady who will be there and she'll grab you and pull you into it which also did not happen earlier in the film starts to happen about an hour in and then continues to happen but it just feels like they ran out of ways to just utilize the fears in the real world and so they had to start like pulling people into this mind trap But then it just becomes boring because then it's like people go into the mind trap, get a little spooked, and then they just die. And there's nothing else that comes from it. And I think I really was expecting that throughout they would be just kind of running through this lodge being terrorized by these fears of theirs. And it would just keep going and going and they would turn on each other. And because that's what it, it starts like that. Like they start to turn on each other and get really paranoid and I was expecting that the entire way through. And then at a certain point, that just stops happening. And Mm -hmm. then it feels like you're right. It's like all of a sudden, okay, now we got to kill all these people. So let's just hurry up and get them in the mind trap and then take care of them. And it's just like a, a bit of a bummer because I think if they had just done more of what they started in the beginning, I actually think that this would have been a pretty solid movie. 
Like, I think it would have been uh, like fine. You know, I think I would have been like, okay, cool. That was what I was expecting. And, you know, I'm, I got what, what I came for and, and I'm cool with that. But yeah, about 48 minutes in is when we get our first death. And then from there, I think it just becomes multiple movies all wrapped up in one movie. And yeah, I don't know how we got to where we are <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah, I, I, I think the last third of this is where they start to lose me mm-hmm. um, and never really pick me back up, to be fair and honest. Like, I do think once Mind Trap started happening, I kind of checked out mentally. But I agree. Like, I, I feel as if there was some gold in here that that could have been used for if nothing else for just pure enjoyment and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the curses of, of this film, as you've already touched on, is like it's a little bit overly ambitious in all the things that it's trying to do. It's trying to do a little bit too much. And had it just honed in on one thing, it would have been a lot more successful in that way. Because yeah. especially even with like the last sequence too, I, I mean... The other thing that's like a, a backdrop to all of this is like the lodge that they're at is where like indigenous witches were tortured. And so that's why they're dealing with all of this. And that's all fine and dandy. Like you can really feel like the shining influence mm-hmm. in this film, like definitely feels like a bit of a love layer to that, despite what we've said in the past about that film. Um, however, it's one of those things where it's like it's got all of the same like vibes and energy of The Shining and this like psychological everyone's going kind of crazy. But now we have multiple people going crazy. And that idea is fun. I just feel like the execution was very wonky. Yeah. And then even at the end, when we have our final girl, Bianca, I got to be honest, her victory felt kind of cheap. Like <laughs> it, did. it did. And look, again, I'm not a very religious guy, so perhaps it's just like the power of Christ compelling this witch to leave her alone just didn't work for me mm-hmm. personally, but it just felt very easy for her to get out. Uh, I don't know if you felt similarly, but it, you, you know what it is about the whole thing with Bianca is I kind of got irritated that Rom basically had to feed her the answer And she didn't just I I think it would have been better if she had just decided to do that on her own. Mm -hmm. Like if she had been battling with her faith this whole time and then she reads the Bible verse and she kind of keeps that in the back of her mind. And then if she just remembered it organically, like if she was like, I'm going to fight back with the last thing I have, which is my faith. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that would have been better than Rom literally saying to her like, the power of Christ, use it. Use it, Bianca. <laughs> you Do not must be afraid. Save though, yourself. Though you walk through the valley <laughs> yeah. of the shadow of death. He is with you. He is always with you. Like, that's what it felt like. And so I, it just kind of felt like Bianca couldn't just have her own victory. Like, it's it, even still, it just felt like up until the very end, she couldn't be able to just, like, fight through on her own or, or kind of overcome the struggles that she had been having. Cause that's the whole thing, right? Is it's like overcoming your fear. And I wish that she had just done that on her own. Yeah. Cause then I don't think I would have minded it so much if it felt like, Oh, it got her at the last second and it almost feels like it's going to be over and you don't know what she's going to do. And then she, she starts reciting the verse. I feel like 
that would have been better for me mm-hmm. that because I was expecting it the whole time from the moment he said that I was like, oh, okay, she's going to like, you know, I don't know, put her cross necklace on its forehead and like it'll burn. <laughs> it'll evaporate. Something. Yeah. Like I, I just was expecting that from the minute he, he did that. And so I didn't really have any sort of question about how she would defeat it or what she would do. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't mind that that's what she ended up doing, but it's the how we I got just, there. Yeah, I just think if if for the final girl and for the type of character that she was, I just feel like a lot of her just started to... I, I do think that by the end of it, Rom becomes way too much of like, I have the answers. I have the answers. I know exactly what we're doing. I know exactly how to get out of this. And so then when he dies... It's not enough to be like, oh, what are they going to do now? Because I'm like, well, he already gave us every solution we need. He already told us it's not real. He already told us we can break out of it. Like he already told us (laughs) we can use the our faith. Like he he gives every single answer to solve the riddle by the end of it. So then it's like, okay, now what? Just get out of the house, girl. Yeah, just run. It's kind of crazy <laughs> how much, like, how rom-centric the film is and, like, I feel like how little you care when he <laughs> ends up dying. <laughs> just because you're right. He, like, he serves all of his purposes. And, like, he even has one of the most lackluster deaths. But it's just mm-hmm. like, well, you, you did your thing, man. We don't really need you around anymore. Bianca, I'm sorry. <gasps> Bianca, you can't beat it physically. You have to beat it mentally. You can beat this thing. Don't lose your faith. I love you. Also, am I to believe that Benny died from cutting his hand off yes that is what you were meant to believe and he then, slit his wrist he's dead he's, he's gone and then serena just her bones just snap <laughs> we don't see why or how but her yeah. bones snap she falls from a height of two feet and then she's dead <laughs> and she is dead and we also find find out that she apparently has a fear of wells too um don't know when we we're gonna incorporate that but yeah i guess that's in there somewhere i guess it was because she couldn't control like getting she couldn't Climbing get out, out. <laughs> also there's that moment when she's looking at the painting what did she see because i saw michael jackson the thriller video but i don't know what she saw because she was troubled by what she saw and it was weird to have her be the one to make that discovery because she was not one of the people who was paying attention to that painting <laughs> yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So why would she be the one to notice something was weird with the with the painting when we only see like Benny and Miss What's Her Face interact yeah. with the painting? Um, that was a weird choice. Um, also, with this ending, I there are just two plot holes that i cannot let go okay and maybe you can help them help me with these okay um once bianca escapes she makes it out Mm -hmm. hooray she's out of there um makes it back into normal society pretty quickly for how in the wilderness they were supposed to be but maybe it's just like she ran for a while whatever um but when she gets back to civilization her she gets reception again so she gets all the messages from kim and one of the messages was that one of the messages is 
Uh, she says, hey, I Googled Strawberry Lodge, the place that they're staying. Mm-hmm. Call me. Okay. I understand that as being a message from Kim, who is now in safety. But here are my questions. Number one, neither Rom nor Michael saw the same whatever search results that Kim saw when they were initially getting this place. Because I'm of the belief, if she just quickly Googled the place and found something nefarious, wouldn't they also have found something nefarious when Googling? That's the thing. They did. That's why Rom Uh, picked the place because he wanted inspiration for his next book. So he purposefully chose the place because it was haunted. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And that, he, that just, he didn't one. tell anybody else that that was why they were there. He lied and said it was for her birthday, but mm-hmm. he really wanted to go there for his book. Okay. Fair enough. I will concede to that. <laughs> but number two, I would like to know, why do we then have to establish a Google-like web browser, a.k.a. Magna Query, <laughs> if we were just going to reference Google as an actual search engine Dude. later on in the film? Dude, and speaking of that, that whole section with Benny <laughs> pissed me off as well. Because it's like he looks up um, Las Brujas, which is, Las Brujas, which is what he called the witches are called. And so he looks them up and it's like, okay, whatever, I get it. Because Brom told the story. And so he just looks that up from the story. <laughs> but then after he looks up that, then he looks up like mythology, the god of fear. And like <laughs> starts to go into all these like <laughs> subsidiary searches that I'm thinking, why? Why would you have looked that up? And then every, every thing that Benny researches it just doesn't, I don't know why he comes to these conclusions. I don't know why he's the one researching them. I don't know who you are, Benny. And so <laughs> Benny, I'm so you, confused on why you're doing all these things. <laughs> it's like Benny's there just because they're like, fuck, we need to look it up, guy. Yeah. No, no one else in the cast is going to be him. We, we just need Benny. Make it yeah. Benny. Give him the glasses. He'll serve. He'll serve just fine. Give him the thick frames so he can see. Um, Give him the camera, and yeah, he'll be the like skeptical guy. Yeah, (laughs) but no, that shit. That shit really bothered me at the end because I was like, even when we were in that search sequence, I was like, all right, I get having an off Google because maybe you don't want to use Google Mm -hmm. for whatever like licensing or whatnot. But then you just say Google. Later on, like you, you reference it. Why? I don't. Yeah, I don't. There's always one of my favorite things in movies is seeing what they name the search search engines. engines. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite things because it's always so funny and it's always just so obviously Google, but just not with the name of Google. Mm -hmm. Every single time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this movie for me, it's rough. It's a rough movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I we've watched rougher i will say yeah, for sure um but there was a lot of things that i just like couldn't take very seriously and like i don't know how seriously you're supposed to take this movie um but through that i did see like a, some nuggets of like okay there was a good idea here mm-hmm. and there was some at least decent execution in some places uh it's just there I don't know. There need there there was more work to be done yeah. in my opinion with this one. No, for sure. I agree. There are like some sequences that are really cool and I was actually really impressed by. But then there yeah, there are other moments where it just becomes funny without meaning to be. 
and mm -hmm. and so that's enjoyable to watch but not what they were trying to do which is unfortunate because i'm like i know this isn't supposed to be a funny moment but it is I, i'm sorry this one last moment i have to bring up is when uh after russ has been stabbed and meg is there trying to take care of him and he's like just go lay on the bed i'm sick and i'm like first of all you're breathing all up in her face she's already sick because he's trying to say like get away from me i don't want to get you sick mm -hmm. and she's it's a tight close like close to shot so you just see the two of them and then at one point meg stands up and walks away and rom and bianca are, are just standing, there have just <laughs> appeared standing behind her and it honestly was one of those things where i was so i felt so jarred by the thing <laughs> that i had to rewind because i was like did i miss Were them walking the into the room time? but you never see them come into the room they just appear behind meg at one point and then they just are staring <laughs> at russ <laughs> I and remember that so shit. I was funny. like, wait a minute. It's I know so y'all were not there before. Dude, uh, it's so funny. <laughs> that also reminds me of another fantastic line that I don't think was made to be funny, but just really was funny to me, mm. is after Rom gets stabbed and he's sitting there bleeding out and he's like, I can't feel my legs. And I'm like, we really fit a I can't feel my legs into the script for reals. <laughs> it's so it's so random. He's like, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I'm sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. And then he's like, he's like, the fight isn't physical. It's mental. It's and mental. it's like, dude. And it's definitely like dubbed. A lot of that scene is is dubbed. A lot of this movie <laughs> is dubbed. They I think they have to go back and do a lot of ADR for Probably, this one. Because it was a pretty tight shooting schedule. So I mm. wouldn't be surprised if yeah, maybe just some of them didn't come out the way they had anticipated. But it's yeah, it's it's just one of those movies where it's interesting because it actually has a pretty like recognizable cast. I don't think that anybody's doing a bad job by any re like regard. I just think yeah. that some of it is just hard to say. Some of the lines are hard to say and come off completely genuine and like mm -hmm. come off super serious and sincere just because it is written dramatic pr in a pretty dramatic fashion. Um, but I actually would say the first like 50 minutes of this movie, I was pretty on board i actually was not upset with anything i wasn't disappointed and like i said that was the moment where i thought wow this movie is actually much better than the trailer made it seem but that's mm -hmm. because everything that is put into the trailer happens in the last 40 minutes so then from that moment on you start to get hit with all this stuff that you're like oh this is oh. the scene from the trailer mm -hmm. got it okay so yeah it's this just makes sense now. it's just one of those movies that has no idea where it had a start like a stronger start idea than mm -hmm. end idea and so it just loses its way it completely loses its way halfway through unfortunately yeah. true but to seal the deal we gotta rate this bad boy out of something hmm. so let's see we could rate this out of... We could do magna queries, because I can assure <laughs> you we will never use that word again. <laughs> that is... That's, can they, we could do magna queries. We could do 
botched proposals. I don't know why I want to do it on nosebleeds, just because it like was just so much in this movie. Like I'm sure we'll have another movie with nosebleeds, but for some reason in this one, I was like, these are ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty prominent. I, I also would not be opposed to using up the nosebleed. I'd be cool with it. I just, something about it in this movie was just so... My compliments to the why? chef. Yeah, yeah. Why, like, why? Why was he bleeding? Why was so? he bleeding from the nose in such a fashion? <laughs> and why was it such a big deal? Um, especially because apparently he was immune to not immune, but he hardly gets affected by any of the <laughs> of yeah. this crazy stuff going on. But that's fine. We can do it out of nosebleeds. Uh, you want to go first? Or you don't want me to. Um, why don't you go first? Also, one last thing. Um, Benny killed a police officer. He did. He did. We really skated right over that one, but mm -hmm. um, very much revealed that he straight up murdered a police officer and got away with it. And got away with it. I guess. <laughs> Just walked away. Easy peasy. Killed the guy. Uncuffed himself and drove away into the night. So... Who are you, Benny? Seriously, Seriously who, are who you? the fuck invited Benny? And who is he? Like, truly, this just leans more into my theory that Benny was on the run from the police, saw a group of black people that he could blend in with and said, hey, friends. Y'all need a photographer? Y'all need pictures? I got a nice camera. Y'all need pictures or something? I got a laptop. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give this one... I'll give it two out of five okay. nosebleeds. Um, yeah, all, all the <laughs> stuff I've already said, there, there's not too much more to harp on. I think this movie tried to do a lot of things. I think it only succeeded in a couple of them. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate the effort that went into it. Um, I agree with you. I actually, for whatever reason, all the performances, they were good. I don't blame anyone who was in this film. Mm -hmm. Uh for giving like a bad performance or anything like that. I just think that some of the material they were working with was a little bit difficult. And even with, even with saying that, I think that there were some fun ideas at play here that just needed a little bit of tweaking in their execution. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't hate the movie by any means, but I just like, it would be hard for me to recommend this one to anyone Unless it was like a fun, like, let's just watch something as a group just for fun, you yeah. know? Um, so for that, I'm going to go ahead and give this one two out of five nosebleeds. I'm going to give this one actually 2.5 nosebleeds out of five. It's just right in the middle for me. I, I feel like I have to give it some credit, mainly because what it feels like to me, it kind of hits a little bit of a cozy vibe for me because this to me feels like the exact type of movie that when I was younger in high school, I would see was playing on sci-fi and I would throw it on and just like mm -hmm. have it on. And then it also feels like the type of movie where honestly, if I saw that it was playing again, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. I'll throw it on again in the background. It, it strikes me as that sort of a film where yeah. you're like, okay, this is just, you know, like a, just a, a movie to have on and, and pay attention every once in a while. But I just wish that it was more of what it started as. And if it was, I think this movie would have been a way solid film that, you know, I probably would have 
actually been saying, hey, I judged you. I misjudged you from the trailer um, because Mm -hmm. it felt that way for a while. But it starts off in a good direction and actually has some moments that I was like, that was kind of clever or that was a cool sequence or um, that was an interesting character choice. And then just loses all of that towards the end. And so then that last 30 minutes, it's just multiple movies wrapped in one confusing people just die to die it's just none of it it all just starts to kind of fall apart for me in the end and it's unfortunate because um i do think that there was some stuff here that although we've seen it before could have still been fine in this film so yeah i just feel like a 2.5 knows what he's out of five because yeah it's just right in the middle and the and the fact that it's it's fine you know like it's fine for what it is but it 100 percent could have been better and mm-hmm. so i'm not mad that i watched it at all and and i'm actually really surprised on that because yeah based on the trailer i was thinking this was going to be one of those like real hard to get yes. through ones. and it wasn't like it really wasn't i honestly was having a a fine time getting through it. I wasn't distracted. I didn't feel bored at any point. I just was more so just a little bit disappointed by the decisions made. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like the biggest sin this movie had for me was, for me, it was slow in a couple places, especially towards the end, where it's just kind of like moving from point A to point B, where I was like, "Ah, it's kind of dragging. Um, But the, the heart and spirit that it had was there. And I stuck with it for the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know, I know you're doing your best. And so, you know what? I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to see where this yeah. goes. I'm going to stand beside him. And I also feel like this would be a fun movie to watch with friends. I think mm-hmm. that Agreed. this, and I always feel like I give a bump for those movies where I'm like, this is like borderline so bad. It's good um, because it's not bad, but it's like right on that cusp where there's enough moments that were not meant to be funny but Mm -hmm. are where i'm like it's a good time to watch with some friends for sure because i feel like if we had watched this together i would have been good old time yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that was fear 2023 i want to say what do you homies think if you've seen this i feel like this had a very very limited theatrical release but um you know if you saw it let us know your thoughts uh we'd Mm -hmm. love to hear them you can talk to us on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always talk to us in our discord that is where we hang out with the homies seven days a week and we chit chat about horror but other things as well so if you'd like to come through there you can find the link for that in our social media bios or if you would like to email us, you can email us at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. No 12 hours, but we will still be playing some spooky games and we would love to see you guys. So come through, say hello. You can find the link for that also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better recommends our show to more listeners and we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show so if you have an apple account and haven't done that we'd love for you to or over on spotify you can always rate us by clicking the stars underneath our name 
But that is it for us today, homies. We hope we did not instill too much fear within you. But we hope you have a great week, and we will be seeing you with another spooky episode next Monday. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.